and welcome to the Psych and Business Podcast, where we highlight the integration of psychology and psychological principles into the world of business and organizations. I'm your host, Dr. Ernest Wade. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about leadership development theories, and we're going to do an oldie but a goodie. And when it comes to leadership development theories, one of the very oldest ones is the great man theory. Now, the great man theory basically says that people are born with natural leadership characteristics and skills, which they inherit, while some are not born with any leadership skills or characteristics and therefore cannot be leaders. So essentially, it says that leaders are born and not made. The other aspect of this theory is that it says that great leaders will step up when they're needed. So when the situation arises, a great leader who is is naturally gifted will step up and will become the leader of a group or lead in that situation. And from the title, you can hear the great man, not great person or great woman, but great man. You can discern that uh, the theory was developed quite a while ago and was actually developed in 1840 by historian Thomas Carlyle. Interestingly enough, he used a form of research, right? He observed the great leaders of the time, which were mostly men, and determined that, well, leaders must be men. And when situations in which a leader, a great leader uh, is required, they step up. And so therefore, leaders must be born and are thought to be superior in, in, in the sense through a natural gifting. And some of the examples of strong leaders from that time were all men, including people like Lincoln, Napoleon, uh, later Martin Luther King Jr., Mandela, Gandhi, Churchill, all great men of their time who stood up and led in the times that they were needed. And so you can really understand where this title of great man theory came from. But in fact, we know from research that leadership skills can be developed and strengthened. So the great man theory of leadership has really faced a lot of criticism and really should not be relied upon as an example of a valid, strong leadership approach. In fact, the mere fact that it excludes women from leadership really, I think, excludes it in my mind. Because as I've mentioned before, some of the very best leaders I know are women. And and we also know that leadership is not a trait. Right, leadership is is a learned behavior. It's something that we learn how to do, and something that you can learn how to do really well. Now, while there is also research that shows that some leadership skills and behaviors may come more easily to some people than others, uh, this does not exclude those who find leadership harder. Right, I think almost anyone can really become a leader. Almost anyone can learn the skills and behaviors that are required to make them a good leader in that specific instance or in their specific setting. You know, skills like communication, active listening, some of the skills that we've talked about, um, self-confidence, empathy, problem solving, uh, decision making, vision, and so on. There's so many leadership skills and behaviors that, uh, you know, make people good leaders. But you don't need to have all of them either, right? I think good leaders sometimes have uh, a, a combination of those that work well for the setting or the environment that they're in. And so these skills and behaviors that that we, we talk about and that we highlight are, are also uh, diverse in what's needed for what situation. It also depends on the leadership style that you're adopting. You know, if you have a different leadership style than somebody else, you, you may not need to have the same strength in terms of 
the skills and behaviors that uh, are required to make you a good leader in that setting. So, so why is this important? Why are we talking about this if this has been debunked? Well, I think this is important to, to bring up because it shows that that almost anybody can be a leader, right? And that it, it might take you a bit more work than somebody else, than your neighbor, to be a good leader, to be a great leader. But you know, depending on your leadership style and the environment that you're in, almost anybody can be a great leader. So, so we can all be leaders. We can all be someone that others trust and, and follow. And I, this actually reminds me of a story my son was telling me. He was uh, a part of a group and the group had to pick a leader. And he thought he's a pretty good leader. And so he thought he'd be the best leader for the group. But the group had other thoughts and they actually selected somebody else for the group. Now, my son, Brayton, had the choice of either sulking and complaining and whining or choosing to participate in a positive way. So he thought about it and he, he asked himself, how can I participate and still be helpful? And he came up with an interesting concept. He decided that he could actually continue to lead or he could, he could actually be a leader within the group, even though he didn't have the formal designation of leader. And so to do that, he really focused on um, doing his work well, being an, an integral part of, of the team and being somebody that others could look up to, someone who could set an example and others could really trust to do his part. And in that way, he became a leader within the group. So he didn't have the formal authority of the leader of the group, but he was certainly a leader within the group. And I've seen this a lot of times in the workplace. You might have a group or a department where there's a formal uh, director or manager, but within the group, within the people that are being led, there is usually at least one person who has great influence, uh, is well trusted, and is looked at as the leader. If you think about this in military terms, you usually have a company usually has an officer, someone who is designated as the leader of the of the group. But within the group, there's usually somebody, the enlisted men, there's usually somebody called the sergeant, and the sergeant is is actually the leader of the group. He's the one that receives the instructions from the officer and has the responsibility for making sure things happen. And so this is very similar to how a lot of work groups function. There's usually somebody in that work group who has great influence, whose voice is well respected, and that person is an informal leader. And so this is a great example of even if you believe in the, the great man theory where there's a designated leader, someone who's born to leadership, that person necessarily isn't going to be a great leader. But usually there's somebody within the group who has leadership skills and leadership abilities that, that naturally uh, come out, and that person is usually somebody who is well-respected and well-listened to within the group. So this is a great example to me that you don't actually have to be uh, born to be a leader. You can step into leadership. You can develop the skills and, and the behaviors that are necessary to become a great leader. It's just a, a matter of work. It comes easier to some people than others, but this is something that, that most people can work to achieve, and most people, I think, can, can be leaders in their own way. So ask yourself, how do you lead? How do you lead? How do people see you as a leader? What is hard for you about leadership? What do you struggle with when you lead others? What is easy for you about leadership? What is something that comes naturally to you that is really easy, that doesn't require a lot of work for you when it comes to leadership? 
And then I want you to think about how do you become a more effective leader in your sitting? Not how do you become the best leader ever. How do you become a more effective leader in your sitting? The group of people that you are leading, that you are working with. Now, there's a lot of thoughts out there about um, you know, what you can do to become a better leader, but a more effective leader. You know, there's uh, building relationships, developing people, leading change, inspiring others, thinking critically, uh, communicating clearly, creating accountability, connecting people, motivating people. There's just a, a lot of things out there, and and, and all of them are, are pretty valid. But for me, it comes down to one thing. It comes down to one thing if you want to become a more effective leader, at least to start off with. You can build upon these things, but I think the very first thing for me that you need to start off with is trust. You need to have trust between you and the people that you are hoping to lead. You've got to really build the confidence in others that you are going to do what you say you're going to do, right? You need to be able to uh, build the confidence in them that you care about them and that you can help them or the team get where it needs to go. You can help them accomplish whatever it is that they need to do. So if you're a leader um, or aspiring to be a leader, ask yourself, do the people that you expect to f- that you expect to follow you, do those people trust you? Do those people that you have authority over, do they trust you? Do they trust in you to be their leader? Do they trust in you that you are going to do what you say you're going to do? That you know what you're doing? That you care about them? And that you are going to help them get where they need to get to? All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there. That's a lot to think about. I really encourage you to, to, to think this through, though. I really think about you know what makes you a good leader, what's hard for you, what's easy for you as a leader, and, and do your people trust you? Okay? All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us next time.